Welcome to All Tea No Shade. My name is Xander Alexander, and I am just living my best life. Trying to keep it real, trying to keep it cute, and trying to keep it real cute. All Tea No Shade. Now let's spill some tea. Alrighty. Hi guys, how is it going today? So, I am here with one of my favorite adult content creators, JP. Hi JP, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing well, thank you. JP, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Well, I am an adult content creator. Fantastic. What does that mean? Are you so that means you're in the sex work industry, correct? Basically, yes. Okay. So the sex work industry, as far as I know it, is like hookers, prostitutes, and hookers, prostitutes, and um, escorts, and sluts, kind of, maybe whores, and then also adult film creators and content creators, right? Yes. Okay, cool. Um, what made you get into sex work? Well, uh, simply put, I had a curiosity about it. Oh, can you grab the pancake mix? Yes. You had a curiosity about it? Yes. And what made you so curious? Just, I mean, how did you what what how did you first find out about sex when you're younger? Porn. Porn. Sex. See, that's class. how so many people are the finding out about struggle. it these days is is through porn, and it's like porn is by no means sex education. No, it is not. Like, it has the potential to be, but it's not. Like yeah, it, like it needs to be like something completely separate. Um, I actually wanted to create a sex education platform like using porn actors. Yes. Like, so teaching gay sex and um, straight sex and all that jazz. So we are making banana um, chocolate pancakes. Well, yes. So, tell me, we were speaking about this consent issue um, that you are very passionate about. What, what do you mean by what were you talking about with consent, and what do you what do you mean by what do you mean by it? Because I, I understand what consent is, but you are very passionate about it in a very, in a very different way. 
Yes, so uh, basically what I was referring to is the actual communication aspect of consent and how to communicate consent and keep that communication going during sex so it's not misconstrued or miscommunicated and leading into mindless habits that mm -hmm. may be unhealthy for whoever is experiencing that. Okay. So, is there is there a concern about consent in, let's say, the gay community? And 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 if so, in what regards? Not is not necessarily just to sex itself, right? Like it's to other things, like what you're into or what you should know about somebody, like for example, their status and whether or not they're on prep or whether or not they're undetectable or things like that. Correct. Correct. So basically what it comes down to is it has to do a lot with the Me Too movement and opening up the dialogue regarding that and it has to also do with opening up the dialogue about sex in general because it's generally a topic that makes many people very uncomfortable to speak about. Mm -hmm. So it's about destigmatizing those things and making it a more open conversation. Okay. Um, and if there's something about consent that you don't think people know, what would you want them to know about it? Like what do you think what what do you think they're missing? Anybody who is missing anything about it. What are the con like it's like, okay, if the average person doesn't know this, then they don't know anything about consent. Basically, it, what I want to get around to is making consent less implied and more explicit, as explicit as the act that they're about to engage in. Oh, yes. I would agree with that. Because it's generally sex has, along with many other things, has the capacity to be fantasized in so many different ways and it's important to give understanding or allow room for understanding for the things that th that's being fantasized about. Yeah, well and nowadays a lot of, I mean to be honest, there's a lot of just bareback sex and it's, it, should, it should not be assumed that because two people are engaging in sex without a condom that they both understand the risk they're about to undertake. Because right. some people aren't very upfront and forward about um, their status, and it's like, well, if that person doesn't know, you know, and then and then the question becomes, where, where do you, at what point do you say something? Like if you saw your friend hooking up with someone who you knew was positive and they weren't positive and they weren't on prep that would be a, an instance where you say something I think yeah I, I can see why you would think that because I don't think it's I don't ever think it's anybody's place to out somebody else on that right and unless there is imminent harm or danger because 
I mean, it's. I mean, it can be. It's considered homicide nowadays. Yeah, I could understand why it's considered that, but the reality is, is that even contracting HIV is has been known not to be. Oh no! It's not a death wish. It's not a death sentence anymore. But right. the thing is, is like it's still like, would you rather have it or not have it? If you can, if you have the choice. But it doesn't matter what you do. There's always going to be a risk, and that's inevitable. So it's just a matter of bringing awareness to what that risk is to everyone, so that they're not eventually getting into the habit of having sex randomly and without any awareness to their having sex and not also getting tested for it because that's another thing getting getting into the practice of getting tested is part of bringing awareness to the fact that you're having sex and you're being sexually active yeah and I think that's more important than yeah even being it, on prep it's just like go get tested and get and get treated yeah it's more important so that you give yourself that understanding and so you feel less shameful for it. Because a lot of people feel shame or are shamed for having sex in however way, whatever ways that they have sex. And whatever dark corner back alley. It's not, it's not anyone's place to judge others for their practices in sex. Well, I judge if, people on their practices. If they sex. feel the need to judge, it's important for them to understand why they're judging. There's there are they reasons that, I, there's, that there's reasons that I judge on sex, but that's because there are things that I don't um, partake in that I don't right. I don't like that other people partaking in. Not that I don't understand that I just don't want other people partaking in that I'm going to be having sexual encounters with. Just a personal preference. Right. I can understand. It's like if somebody who were, who, like, does it with condoms, doesn't want to be with someone who, like, doesn't do it with condoms with other people, not just without them. Yeah. So you I know? could I could understand that, uh, which is again why it's important to have an open line of communication about what. Being also being honest about it um, without having to resort to... It's like having a discussion about politics. It's going, it's going to end up being a sensitive subject, especially if it's, some, if it's someone you end up pursuing a more serious relationship with. Yeah. So uh, in order to prevent issues in the relationship, you have to both parties have to be capable of, you know, acknowledging when the topic starts to become uh, uncomfortable for them so that they can step, there's nothing wrong with taking a step back and saying, let's finish this conversation at, at a later date, mm -hmm. when uh, I can think about what you're saying more clearly instead of getting caught up in that uncomfortable feeling. Mm. And once again, we are making banana chocolate pancakes and discussing 
sex work and the sex work industry. We were talking about consent, consent in many different ways, but consent being more overt and less implied because implied consent is not consent. And it should never be considered that. Um, and always err on the side of caution. Yes. Basically, just be mindful of what the hell you're doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, wait. How do you make this... How do you make eating pancakes sexy? <laughs> you eat it slowly. Quite like a pig. Mm. I think what I'm wearing is kind of sexy. Look at the, the camera like you're feeling lustful towards the pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, wait. <clears throat> wait, lustful towards the pancakes? Yeah. I remember one time I was in, Chris and I were in the Sorry, Toker and I were in Central Park, and there was a cute guy that was laying down next to another cute guy, and I was eating, I forget what I was eating, I think it was chips or something, I was trying to make it look sexy, and <laughs> tried was the operative word, because I failed and choked on it. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> That's I funny. mean, of course I laughed. I wasn't yeah. going to make that a big deal, but it was hilarious. That's funny. Um, it's so crazy because it's like, so for the first time in roughly like 14 years, I'm single. And I'm like, what is wrong with you kids these days? How do you guys date in a world like this? Like, everything is about, I don't know, nothing at all, and you guys just, I, I just can't keep up with you kids these days. Nobody knows what they want, but they don't want anything until it's too late, and then they can't have it, then it's like, where did your life go? You're single. You're 30-something and you're sitting on your couch with no job. Your parents' couch with no job. I think people have a sense of what they know they want. It's just a matter of them articulating it correctly. Yeah. Or understanding what they want. Because I've been in those situations before, too, where my partner wasn't... It seemed like my partner didn't know what they wanted, uh, and I was very, in retrospect, I was very impatient about that, and because I thought I knew what I wanted, and I don't I think anybody knows what they want, and the thing is, is most people end up with people that they're incompatible with and that they're not supposed to be with, but they just end up with them. That's, that's how life is, um, which is unfortunate. I think people do know what they want, 
in the sense that everyone's looking to be happy. But like, what makes them happy? For some people, that change from right. minute to minute. That's like, um, there. That's the part that that I'm referring to, and, and them knowing what it is that makes them happy, or at least in those moments that they have experienced happiness. While they're getting fisted. Because just because it makes you happy in that one moment doesn't necessarily mean it's going to continue to make you happy and that's the mistake people make is assuming that the same experience will bring happiness each and every time well i always say that it's not about when you're together it's not about what it's like when you're happy it's about what it's like when you're not happy yeah or it's not about like how great your life your your relationship is or your romance is when you're having sex it's how great is your romance when you're not having sex because that's, for me, the true test of a relationship is what is it like when the cameras aren't rolling? Right. So I think the, the key part of that there is that having to understand that you're not going to have that kind of r the romance like in the initial phases, as many, may, many people may call it the honeymoon phase. It's not always going to be like that. Can you grab the syrup? No, it's not always going to be like that at all. And many people will fall into the delusion that that kind of happiness is going to last forever. But the only way that's going to last is, is if both parties, or however many people in the party, participate in effort to keep that going. And that requires communication. That requires a lot of, I mean, a lot of effort. Communication. A lot of effort, which you know, you would think that in an era where we're constantly on to communicate, that we'd have those skills, but we don't. Yeah. We really don't, because many people are so used to using phones that they don't know when to put it down. Yeah, ever. Young money. Boom. And. Up. 
So what are you looking forward to in terms of what's next for you? Well, uh, in, I'm in the process of revamping my pages. Nice. So that means... Are you doing a full rebrand? Not necessarily. It's just going to be a rebranding that's more in line with what I originally wanted to do in the first place. Is that the budget? Because sometimes in life, you... Uh, this one? Yeah. You stray away from uh, your intended path, I guess, for lack of a better putting, but putting yeah. it a better way. No, I agree. Um, well, that's cool. So we'll be seeing some new visuals and some new graphics. Yes, it's definitely going to be a lot more involved with my creative processes. That's cool. So I'm very excited, um, just because it's something new. creatively that I haven't done in a while. Uh, the video making part of it was a learning experience. So uh, just because I've been more focused around photography and drawing, so dabbling in that aspect of it, it was another learning experience and just taking that to the next level is what is to come. Um so being in the sex work industry, are there are there who are your fangirl crushes? Um so I would say one particular person that I follow would be uh, uh, so there's well there's quite a few if I'm being honest um, <laughs> just because it's yeah all over my feed but it's also <laughs> your industry so right you should follow them um, I kind of like some of the cocky boys. Yeah, some of the cocky boys. Joshua I Moore, Taylor Rain. Right. Um, I follow Taylor. What's the uh, uh, Sean Ford? So I had a party with them, and after hours at uh, my best friend's house, oh. and we were like dancing around in heels, like just like high as kites. Um, like I, I have I have footage of it on on my um, on my phone and whatnot of me and them. Like we have like. Um, what's it called, Snapchats, and like, it was so funny because Sean Ford had never been in heels, and then, like, I was with him, oh, and he was crying in the bedroom because, I don't know, something, like, he was having trouble at home because coming out and everything is a oh, okay. story, so, but he was great, they were so much fun, and then, oh, and then, uh, it was, who was the other one, Victor, this guy named Victor. Does that sound, name sound familiar? Victor Rom? No, like Victor, some, like maybe something Hispanic sounding. Well, because Victor Rom is a, is a Spanish. Well, he's skinny. Oh, I don't, I'm not sure. A cocky boy. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I'm not. And then my, 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 one of my friends, Asher Hawk, used to be a cocky boy. 
Yeah, so there's um, there's quite a few that I follow. I don't have like a number one favorite or anything. I just follow them to keep up with them. Um, but one per one particular person that would stand out to me would be uh, his name's on the tip of my tongue. Uh, <laughs> uh, I So, also realized that the Hershey's cocoa kind of like obscures the way the pancake batter forms, but yeah, you shouldn't use too much of it. <laughs> yeah, I think I use too much. Oops, They're like super chocolatey. Super chocolatey. Um, so I was I was saying Cole Claire. Who? He's a Cole Claire. Yeah. Oh, I actually know him. I don't know if he's still a cocky boy. He was a Helix Studio boy originally when he started. Bailey, hush. Um, so there's him. Uh, one other in particular that I actually know pretty well. Uh, I'd say somewhat well, just because we haven't regularly hung out, but I've seen we've had the same circle of friends uh. in the city. Uh, Alex Kilborn. Yes. So, yeah. Although he hasn't, as far as I know, he hasn't been as active in the industry as of late, so I'm not sure. Bailey? No, you can't eat that. That's chocolate. You're a dog. Tastes delicious, by the way. What about you? What? Who are some of your favorites? Um, Joshua Moore, Taylor Rain, um, Sean Ford. Um, and outside of that, I don't know. And it's only because I saw them in those days. Um, would you like to try something? Sure. Um, hold on, wait. I don't know how best to do this. I was gonna. Mm -hmm. I'm like so not the person to be sexy on the screen. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> um, pretty good though, right? Yeah. Um. So that was. Xander Alexander and Julian Pierre. Julian Pierre Javier, Julian Pierre. Well, we'll see. But, there you go. Thank Those you. are chocolate banana pancakes. Guess there's no bottoming tonight. <laughs> That's for sure. Well, actually, some people are into that kind of bottoming. This guy, this other guy that I was like talking to, he was like, "Can we like, like, yep, do like, do, here, it, not, not like they don't want it like dirty, but they're just like, can we just not have to sit here and do all that stupid douche nonsense? Like, you know, do your best. 
And if not, shit happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. These pancakes are so good. Mmm. 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 Fucking amazing. Oh. oh my god. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't mind me. Mm. Oh yeah. Seems like Bailey wants some. Yeah. But they're chocolate and you can't eat that. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Ah. Oh. Mm. 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 Mm -hmm. Bailey, no. Down. Out. Oh my goodness. These are so good. Well, thank you very much for the interview. I think we had fun and it was very informative, especially for people. For me to talk about sex work, I mean, it's very interesting because I mean, I never thought I would, and a lot of people don't know much about it, so yeah. they're learning. You know, this was a learning experience for them because they don't know anything about it. They didn't even know it was called sex work. <laughs> um, and that's banana chocolate pancakes. Mm. Yes, well, thank you for having me. And thank you for the delicious pancakes. Yes, queen. <laughs> Let's do it again sometime. Bye. Oh, she died work at some point. And bye. Once again, I'm Xander Alexander, and this is All Tea No Shade, where I try to keep it real, I try to keep it cute, and I try to keep it real cute. And that's the tea.